this rock, this hope, this firm foundation. In Jesus' name, amen. I am grateful to know God tonight. And I am grateful that we are built on the solid rock that he is, the chief cornerstone in whom we don't have to be confounded. Um, I didn't understand that verse years ago when I first started reading the word. Uh, but now, as I've gained a couple years and understood the word a little bit better, you don't have to be confused about in whom you have believed. You don't have to wonder, is it, is it real? Is it gonna last? Is it gonna be there? Is it gonna be okay? I will tell you that he is the firm foundation on which you can trust and build all of your life, and he will never fail you. He is a good and faithful God. He is real tonight. This is not made up, imagined, worked up, or somehow a fantasy. This is the true living God we serve, and this is our hope of salvation. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. To God be the glory. It is good to be here tonight. I'm so glad that you are, are here in this, in this room, and we're here together on this dinner series as we start this first night. And, Good to have fellowship together, and we're going to pray and ask God to help us. It's good to see Sister Fleetwood out of the hospital here with us tonight. We're thankful for the touch of God and the goodness of God. We want to especially pray for Sister Jill Boroff. Sister Jill had a heart attack Sunday night, and uh, as we speak, as a matter of fact, I think she's on her way right now up to uh, Indy, up to Methodist, and uh, she's unfortunately going to have to have quadruple bypass heart surgery, and so we want to lift her up and ask God to touch her. We know God is faithful and able, amen, to do all things well, amen? And you know people in your life that need a healing touch or need God to do something profound for them, would you call their name out together, God? We believe in you, and we're thankful, Lord, that we can believe in you. And so, Lord, I pray tonight for everyone in this room and every need in this room, every person, every mind, every life, every heart, every home, everybody, God. And I pray for Sister Jill that you would touch her and heal her, Lord. Thank you that you're the healer of every disease. Comfort her now, God. Calm her fears and help her family. Strengthen them, God. Thank you, Lord, that you have protected her thus far and you shall continue on because you who has begun a good work in us will perform it unto that day. And so, God, I pray for every need in the house here tonight and every person they're praying for. God, we know that you hear us when we pray and that we can knock on the door and we will not be disappointed because, God, you're faithful and you're good. So be magnified, God. Be glorified. We glorify you, God. We magnify you. We exalt you because we know that you are God and you are good and you are working all things together for our good when we're part of the call according to your purpose. Be glorified in us, God, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm thankful for the food tonight, and let me say thanks to uh, Brother and Sister Chase Knoll and Sister Charity Robinson and Sister Kathy Robinson worked here today so hard, and others have helped set up and get everything going, Brother Taylor and, and Brother Gabe and, and, uh, I, I'm, and Sister Brittany and Brother Paul playing. It's just good to have a family that works together and, and good food. I'm, I'm thankful for it. Amen. And I'm thankful that we can come together, we can hear from the Lord and learn of things. So be sure and tell them and the youth, thank you for serving us tonight and thank you for preparing it. It was all good. Yeah, give them a hand. They deserve it. Hard work. A lot of work goes into this. Brother, if, if you like the chili, uh, I made some. If you don't, Brother Glenn made some. 
Um, no, he made good chili. It was good chili. Um, and it always does. And so we appreciate that in Jesus' name. Turn around and say hello. I know you've been talking, but I just want you to smile at somebody and let them see your, your face. Home. Everybody say home. There's no place like home. Um, just, just saying it should bring to us a certain, almost a sigh, if you will, just a sigh of relief, home. It, uh, when you've been on a long trip and you walk in the door, what are the first words that you almost always say? Finally home, finally, finally made it. No place like home, good to be there, yep. I love my pillow, right? Love my bed, yep. No place like home. Uh, the house, the home is that place where you can put on your comfortable clothes. You know what that, anybody understand that? Um, you go in, you put on your, your comfortable clothes. Don't think about it. Do not think about anybody in this room in their comfortable clothes right now. Um, uh, and so uh, you walk in, you, you, you get comfortable, you, you take your shoes off, you can lock the door, keep certain things out and and finally secure certain things in home. The house that we live in, the, the house that we are, it's, it's more than just structures of sticks and stones. It really is, it's really who we are. Um, it's who we are and where and what we dwell in. It's the atmosphere of our lives. It's what we live. It's, it's where things in, in our life grow from, our homes, our houses, our existence, our beliefs, our our foundations, our, our very character. Our house, our house is us, right? Um, it smells like you. Um, you smell like it. Uh, it's, I, re I really mean that in a good way. Hope you didn't be insulted by that. I didn't mean it that way. Um, we are our houses. We, are, uh, we reflect that, that and they reflect us and, and represent who and what we believe and what we stand for and, and, for, and who we stand for especially so in this particular time. So when we, say that, when we say there's no place like home, it holds more meaning than just a place that we finally get to after um, a long journey. It, it really means, when we say there's no place like home, it really means this is who I am. This is where I stand, this is where I live, this is what I believe, it's who we are and how much Jesus really means to us. It's, it's the posture and the place uh, of, of the soul. Look at this, if you would, in Hebrews. For every house is builded by some man, but he that built all things is God. Let me repeat it. For every house is builded by some man, but he that built all things is God. And Moses verily was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which were to be spoken after. But Christ as a son over his own house, whose house we are, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of hope, firm unto the end. Every house, look at this, every house, um, every structure is built, put together piece by piece by some man, by someone. Do you need me to switch mics? Are you okay? You're gonna get it? We're gonna, gonna be okay? Because I'm getting feedback up here just a little bit. Um, every, every house, every structure, is built, it's put together piece by piece by, by some, someone, 
someone has put effort into it, hand put to tool, labor leaned into, time is taken and effort given, somebody builds it. Every house that you live in, every place that you existed, someone, uh, somebody put it together for you or at least you put it together for your family. But none of it could be, understand this, none of it, the physical structure of life, none of it could be without God because it's God who first built all things. So all things that we see, that we have, that are, were first created by him because the goodness and the greatness and the authority and sovereignty of God can create something from nothing. But you and I, we all need something uh, to create something more from. Uh, no amount of man or means or, 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 or uh, means of man could ever really do it on their own for there would, there would be nothing within ourselves or from ourselves to work with. We are limited at best. We, we can only go so far. We can only reach so far. We can only think so much. It is God that first created and built all things. This is critical to understand. It was God who first established creation. It is God who first began the building process. All things that he has given us to build with are the very best things that have been presented to us. We have been given everything that we need in our life physically and spiritually to build our homes and our houses in a way that is pleasing to God and ultimately for the salvation of our souls. God first created and built all things. And while we put our, our own touch on it, if you would, while we have our imprint on it, uh, we put our taste into it at times, it can never be forgotten whose house we are. We are his. No matter how much we take possession of it, no matter how much we take credit for it, no matter how much we think it is us, ultimately, ultimately, we are God's. Look at this. What? Know ye not in Corinthians? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God and, and ye are not your own? For ye are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit which are God's. We are, everybody understand this, we are the temple of the Holy Ghost. We are not our own, we are his. Um, I, 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 this is critical to understand, especially right now with the current world situation and the things that we are seeing take place because there's so many people that are throwing around a, a lot of ideas about prophecy, about uh, Israel, about the Temple Mount, and and uh, what this party wants and that party wants. Uh, but can I tell you what must be the overarching understanding for you and I is that we are, you and I are, the temple of the Holy Ghost. It is through the church, his people, his blood-bought people, that he will work this message of truth. It will work through you and I when we are submitted to it and understand that God decided that you and I would be the place that he would reside and dwell within our hearts. Amen. Your body, your house, your home, our families, where we live and how we live, it's all God's. We are the habitation of the Most High. And because of that, our houses, be they physical or, or, or spiritual, our houses are to glorify God. Now, I'm gonna reach all the way to the home that you're gonna walk into later tonight, all the way to your body sitting right here. We are the habitation of God. We are built by God. We are the temples of God, and we therefore glorify God in those physical bodies. Our houses, our homes, were built for three primary purposes. We're gonna talk about it for a while now. 
Our houses, our homes that you live in, that you're gonna drive to tonight, uh, were built for three primary purposes. This also applies to the spiritual house that we are in this physical man that we are and the soul that we are in spirit. Look at this, if you would, please. The house that God builds is for shelter, it is for security, and it is for salvation. The homes that you're gonna go to tonight, they were built primarily so for those three things. Now, we add and we subtract from them, but when we really look at it and understand it, the house that you're gonna live in, the house that you are living in, the house that you are physically right now and spiritually, it was built for shelter, for security, for salvation. Now let's break it down. Where we live and what we live in is first to shelter us from the elements that would be adverse to our survival. Where we live, what we live in. Now I'm speaking spiritually now and understand this. Where we live, what we live in, this house of flesh, this spiritual man, it was created and built to serve God in a way to shelter us from the elements that would be adverse to our, to our survival. The extremes, in other words, that, that would challenge us, the, uh, the continual effect of those, those things that, that are contrary to what would enable us to live. Look at this, if you would, please. One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me. In his pavilion, in the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. Where we decide to dwell, how, how, we, decide, um, how we decide to live and, and what we embrace in our life determines, understand this, it determines if we uh, are exposed to the elements at work in this world or if we are sheltered from them. I'm speaking spiritually now. How we build, where we dwell, what we decide to live in our life, what we decide to embrace in our life, it determines if we are exposed to the elements at work in this world or if we are sheltered from them. We have a responsibility, everybody hear me now. We have a responsibility to choose for our homes, our lives to be sheltered from the influences of this world. Now, I'm gonna be direct about some things, but I, I hope this will have uh, some tenacity into it that, it that it will go beyond just this room and this time we're here. We don't allow certain things in. And we don't entertain certain ideas and indoctrination of ungodly influences. We, we should live a life and we should discipline and determine a life that we are building a house in God, that we are sheltering our life, our homes, our families, our houses, from those indoctrinations that are not godly. There's nothing wrong with you heads of households, um, in the sound of my voice, parents and individuals. There is nothing wrong with you standing and saying, not here, uh, not in our house, not in God's house. That's not the way we live. That's not what we do. That's not how we think. That's not how we talk. Now, I'm not trying to just speak in negative terms tonight because ultimately we'll understand the positive. But there should be nothing wrong and you should not feel ashamed nor should you feel intimidated that you cannot stand and say as you lead your homes, this is God's house that we're building here and we will honor him. The pressure to be like the world and accepted 
uh, and to accept what it's endorsing and embracing is becoming more and more prevalent and more and more pervasive. It is prevalent without question. But now it's not just prevalent in our world. We're seeing it constantly in front of us uh, on the television set. We're seeing it constantly in, in, uh, in uh, commercials, articles. We're, it's in our workplaces. It's in the university. It's uh, at the schools. It's everywhere that we go. So it's not just prevalent anymore, but now it, it is even pervasive. It's, it's, uh, it's forcing its way in to our thinking, demanding acceptance at times. I want to affirm in this house tonight, heads of households in your homes, you have a right, a godly right and responsibility to stand and say, not here, this is God's house, amen. There's the pressure to be like the world and to accept what it's endorsing and, and embracing. Uh, there's a reason, everybody hear this, there's a reason for walls and roofs, right? They shelter, they stand in between you and what would affect you and I and our homes and our families. There's a reason why there's a wall around us right now. There's a reason why there's a roof over our head. We are in this place because we are sheltered. We, we, they stand to keep elements out, to keep the adverse uh, things that would affect us away from us, to, to insulate us, if you would. We need to stop letting elements in that are meant to be kept out. Leaders of homes, uh, if I could just say it this way, and this is just simply stated, leaders of homes learn to say no. Um, if we never say no, then what is our yes worth? It, it could be the difference of being lost and being saved for you and, and, and those you love. If there was ever a moment, if there was ever a time that we needed to build and stand in godly homes and, and determine who we are and know who God is, I think it is evident that it is in fact this day that we are living in right now. Amen. Everybody remember when you go home tonight, you are going into a place where you are sheltered. And there is a reason for it to be sheltered. Apply that to your life spiritually. There's a reason why we wanna be sheltered by God and in God. The house that God builds is for security. Um, in other words, protection. Protection from things that, that would destroy, uh, that would destroy, kill and steal, the word said. The enemy, the thief, cometh not but for to kill, to steal, and, and to, to destroy. The house that, uh, of who you are and who I am and, and what we believe and live for, it is, it is as well for securing. It is securing. It's security. It should be um, your homes, let me speak physically about your homes right now that are, that are affected by the atmosphere of the Spirit. Your homes should be a place, uh, they should be a safe and godly place. Our homes should be a safe and a godly place. Intruders are not welcome. Precious and valuable things are secured in our home. Your children, your life the things that you value and you love, people and beliefs and sacred things that make us who we are. The things in our home, people should be able to walk in our homes and know who we are. We shouldn't have to, we shouldn't have to wonder if somebody's gonna come in and see what we're watching. It shouldn't be that we have to worry that somebody's gonna see the book on the table or what it is that we have. It, it shouldn't be, why? Because our homes, they're meant to be secure. They're protecting things within and keeping things out. Why would, we live, why would we live a life that would leave our homes not secured? We lock things out. 
We lock things out for a reason. You're gonna go home tonight, I would think most of you do this. Maybe there are some that don't. Anybody leave their doors unlocked at night? No? Most everybody locks your doors at night, right? Why? You may not need that lock, but I'm thankful it's there. You may never have to, to fight off an intruder, but thank God it's there if I need it. Why would we live a life that would leave our homes not secured? We lock things out for a reason. We keep things secured because they are important to us. They are of value to us. They mean something. The name of the Lord, if you would, is a strong tower, and the righteous run into it, and they are safe. Let, let me go back to the beginning of what we started with. Uh, we have to know whose house we are. We have to know whose we are. Uh, the word says that we are his house. We are not our own. We are God's. What we believe, what we have, who we are, what we're doing, what we're living, we are God's. We are his, and we are identified by his name, not the world and not the things of the world. It should not be that we are identified by carnal things. It should be that we are identified by spiritual things. When we live and identify and trust in the name of Jesus, we are safe. Look at this, if you would, please. Uh, living for Jesus is not about curb appeal, but it, rather it is about content. Uh, too many are, are in our culture, in our world, in our society, in our community for that matter, let me speak more specifically. They are more concerned about what others see and what others think about them and about how they are or not fitting into this culture. Uh, when the fact is we should care more about the content of the house than the culture that does not care about us being secure in Jesus. Now I believe that there are people that love you. I believe that there are people that love me. I believe there are, I have friends that are not in the church, don't go to church, or I have friends that go to churches but don't embrace the same things. But I also recognize that for the most part of society, while they don't wish me ill, and they are not wishing you ill, most of society does not really at its base core care about the security of your salvation. And that is just the truth, that's a hard truth, that's a difficult truth, but it nonetheless is the truth. For the most part, the unchurched world, those who are not believers, do not really have your best spiritual interest at heart. They're not looking out as to what you believe. But so often, we are more concerned about the opinion of people that we interact with or that we live around or that we associate with or work with or go to school with or whatever it might be and we are more concerned about the curb appeal to, of acceptance than we are about the content of spiritual things in our life. Can I tell you, it is not about the immediate gratification of the temporal. It is about the eternal salvation of our soul. It's about us being saved. It's not about approval or disapproval of the world. Amen. We have to secure our, you need to secure your family. Secure your family, your life. Secure what you believe and how you're going to live it out. Don't leave your doors unlocked spiritually. I can't stress this enough tonight. We must not leave our doors unlocked spiritually. Don't invite fear and ungodly things into your home that are not pleasing to him. If you're, having, if you're battling fear, if your kids are battling fear, don't let them watch things and view things or hear things or, or see you watching things in your home that would perpetuate fear in their life. Uh, that's never made sense to me. Why We live in a culture of fear. Why would we invite things in that somehow accentuate fear? We need to stop that. We're God's possession. 
We believe differently. We embrace differently. Everybody okay? Amen. Don't leave your doors unlocked spiritually. Monitor. I'm going to be specific here for a moment now, okay? Monitor what, uh, monitor what your kids are watching. Our kids are growing up so fast right now. Their accessibility to technology, uh, what used to be, I'm, I'm going to be cautious in what I say, but I'm going to be very truthful in what I say. What used to be difficult for my culture, or excuse me, my generation and older generations to seek out, it is no longer difficult for this younger generation to seek out. It is readily available to them on a daily, if not minute by minute basis. And we are putting things into our children's hands very early now at, at a young age. And it's exposing them to things that first of all, they should not be exposed to. They are not mature or ready to handle those things that they are going to view and see and hear and ultimately affect the, the way that their relationships will ultimately be. And unfortunately so, we are living in a culture that's perpetuating the necessity of some of those things. And so we have a tendency just to lean back and say, well, there's not much we can do about it. There may not be many things that we can do outside of the sphere of our homes, but we are talking about the house that God builds. And so there must be the disciplines coming from the head down in the homes that stops it at the gate. That's why uh, the book of Psalms says, they shall speak with the enemy at the gate. We don't let it get in the home. We don't let it become uncontrolled. We don't let it be something that is not monitored. Amen. Monitor what your kids are watching. It's okay for you to take that phone and check it out. It's okay for you to make sure that what's going on on that, on that set in front of them is something or that computer screen, it's something that will not affect them ultimately both immediately and in the future and ultimately eternity. Amen? Man, I'm feeling real preachy tonight. Okay, and I know this is being recorded and I know there's gonna be a lot of people see this in a lot of other places around this world that, and I want it to be known. This is who we are. This is what we're building. We want to be saved more than anything. And at the same time, it has to be that we as an adult and we as parents and we as leaders in our homes and on our, in our community and our, our city that, that we have to be careful what we're watching because what we do in moderation, the next generation will do in excess. And so if we are accepting certain things in, how am I doing all my time? Am I okay? I'm trying to hurry. Uh, if we are accepting things, then they will accept things in excess. And if they see us doing it, they will feel like there's justification for it. That's why they mimic us right now when we worship and they're sitting there in church and they're acting like you act. Why? Because they're seeing how you live. That's how they're gonna live. Amen. The things we listen to and see affect our spirit. Um, I'm just gonna say this the way that I feel about it. First of all, some people should, should not be on social media, period. Right? And, and can I say it tonight? It may be the best thing for you just to get off social media. You, in fact, can live without it. I used, I, I'm a word person. Uh, I, I like to read, and uh, I, I, like, I like words. And uh, I was on Twitter, and I seen some things, and uh, I read them, and uh, they affected my mind and my spirit. And so I just immediately pushed and held that icon, and I pushed the X button, and I'm no, lo I'm no longer on, now it's called X. Um, I'm no longer on Twitter. And you know what? I'm okay. I'm not struggling with a fear of missing out. Uh, I feel better about it. Because I don't wanna get in my head. 
I don't want to get in my heart. We have to be careful what we're listening to. Uh, uh, get off social media. Get off the news. You, maybe you need to get off the news. It may be the worst thing for you, but how am I going to know what's going on? What? You don't have to. We don't have the capacity to take in all that we are taking in right now. You might, I don't. I'm not that smart, I'm not that fast. I, I don't wanna hear everything. I don't need to hear everything, but I do need to hear from God. If it is making you fearful, and if it is question, make you question what you believe, can I tell you, it is deconstructing your house, not building your house. Stop comparing yourself to everybody else. Um, stop comparing yourself to everyone else that you see. You are God's, you're not theirs. Are you understanding that? Don't compare, if we compare ourselves to each other, we will ultimately bite and devour one another. And we will be depressed and we will feel like we are lesser and we will feel like that somehow we're not measuring up. When can I remind everybody, I've said this before, you are only seeing the very best of the snapshot of their life. Outside the peripherals of that frame that you are seeing, there are clothes stacked up, there are kids screaming, there's a dog that's slobbering all over the house and everything's broken down. You're only seeing the best. And if you got a slobbering dog, I'm sorry. Um, love on that dog tonight. I don't know what to say. Um, anyways, you just, you only see, we only see the best. Stop comparing. You see, we got to stop comparing ourselves to everybody else around us. I'm not theirs. They're not mine. I'm God's. I'm a child of Jesus. That's who I want to please. Amen. Amen. Intentional practices should be our priority and, and desire in our houses and our lives. Before you leave the house, I'm just gonna say some things. Of course, you have a paper in front of you that we'll talk about here in just, just a second. I'm, and I'm really trying to hurry. I didn't wanna go this long, but, but I need to say a couple more things. So everybody okay? All right. Before you leave the house, before you leave the house, we're, we're talking about building God, building the house. The house that God builds. Um, before you leave the house, everybody start praying together. Before you leave your home in the morning time, take time and pray together out loud. Not silently, speak it out in your home. I recognize this may be uncomfortable for some folks and, and even maybe it might feel awkward to you for a moment, but the more you do it, the more you will look forward to it. When you leave your house, pray together out loud, hold hands. Bless your family with touch as well as words. Fathers, I'm gonna tell you, you need to bless your children. Mothers, you need to bless your children by putting your hand on them and blessing them. Let them feel the touch of approval over their life by your hand. Amen. I recommend everybody in this place, I've recommended it for pe to people for years that everybody read the, the book called The Blessing. You're gonna get some things next week here and uh, one of those recommended readings on that list is, is the blessing. I recommend it for everybody in this place. There is something about the physical touch of a parent on a child's life that blesses them, that affirms them, and makes that blessing go with them. Mm. I got the blessing from my mom and dad. My sisters and I, we got the blessing from my mom and dad. I am grateful for that. It made all the difference in the world for me. Amen. Before you leave the house, pray together. Before you leave that house, hold hands. Pray out loud. Bless your family with touch as well as your words. Turn off the phones. Everybody, everybody got a phone tonight? I feel confident of that. Uh, everybody got a phone tonight? Do you know that your phone has an off button on it? 
I know it's shocking. It even has a silent button on it. We should remember that on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. It has a silent button on it. Um, turn off your phones when you get home for a while. <laughs> We're not that important. You might be on call. If you're on call, okay, leave it on. I get that, I understand. But the truth of the matter is, we're not that important. Remember we used to live without them? Yes. Oh, those were the days. Turn off the phone. I want you to do something novel. Turn off your phone and sit and talk to each other. I know that's odd. Um, It's... At some point during the night, sit and talk to each other, turn off the phone. I know some folks are not liking what I'm saying right now. I recognize, oh, I feel it. Um, Turn off the phone, sit and talk to each other, and look each other in the eye. Huh? Don't do this. How you doing? Good day? What's going on? That drives me crazy, doesn't it, you? I'm meddling now. Let me move on. Look each other in the eye. Talk, have a conversation. Don't let your words be only correction to your children. Bless them with your words. If all they ever hear is you getting onto them, then they're not gonna understand how you really love them. I understand whom the father loves, he chastens, but there's gotta be at some point that you look at those kids and you talk to them out of love, not out of correction. That you talk about what's important to them so they can learn about what's important to you. Speak love to each other in front of them and they will be a product of the love that they see you demonstrating in the home. Watch godly shows. Watch godly shows like The Chosen. Huh? It may, now listen, we, we don't, we're not, I talked about at the beginning, we're not confounded. If you get to read the book or you get to watch the show and it doesn't line up to what you understand doctrinally in the word, that's not gonna cause you to be lost. You know who you believe in. Watch, watch godly shows like The Chosen. Matter of fact, I, I recommend it. Anybody else watched The Chosen? Anybody's watched it? Anybody enjoyed it and been moved by it? I'm telling you, it'll touch your spirit because it makes things come to life. Find a godly show to watch. You don't have to watch trash, right? Play worship music all the time in the background. It doesn't have to be blaring and going deaf by it. But if it's in the background, it'll get in your mind. It, it, in the background of your life, it will make you better, secure your home, and life will be safe. Amen. Come on, we're building a house with God here. This is the house that God builds. Okay, I'm gonna wrap it up real quick here. The house that God builds is for salvation. Salvation in the immediate, understand this, salvation in the immediate and salvation in the eternal. It is not just to make us feel good in the present. The salvation of God is not just about gratification right now, but it is for the eternal. It is for the saving of our soul. The house that is built in us is to save us, ultimately, By faith, Noah. By faith, Noah, being warned of God, of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. Noah built his house to save his family. That's what that scripture means. (coughs) He built because it had not rained yet. Now, we we get confused about this, and I don't have time to go into it. It had not rained yet, so he didn't know what rain was. But God told him it was gonna rain, it was gonna flood, He was gonna judge the earth and destroy humanity. But Noah was gonna be saved in his household. But Noah still had to build even though he did not know what was coming. We don't know what's down the road. We need to build the house in faith in God and be prepared for whatever comes to us. Amen. God put the message and the means in his hands and he had to do it. The message and the means is now in our hands, your hands, my hands, and we have to build it. 
Come storm, wind, rain, the house that we build in God can determine our salvation. Yes, it can. And I tell you, the house that you build can determine the salvation of your children, of your marriage, of your life, of your soul. Before Israel exited out of Egypt, the blood of the lamb was applied to the doorpost so the death angel would pass over and the firstborn would not be taken. We know that story. The family and the friends were brought into the house. They were to come into the house and they said if the lamb was too large, then they were to bring others into the house as well. To be saved when that death angel passed over, they had to be under the blood. They had to be in the home. The only salvation they could have was in the home. We need to bring our families up into the truth, the word of God that directs our life to be saved. Our homes, we must, it must be who we are and what we stand for and embrace the truth. We must stand and embrace the truth in our homes. It matters the doctrine that is in your home. It, it matters the belief that is in your, what it means and how it's lived out to save our soul. The blood identify them. Uh, what is it that identifies our homes and our lives right now? That question must be asked. What is it that our, that our homes and our lives are identified by? It must be the truth of the one God and his name and his blood, his word being lived by, because if we build on any other foundation, it will, it will be moved by the elements of time. The things we put in place piece by piece, putting it all together, practicing, keeping it secure, repeating it on a daily basis, doing it again tomorrow. We did it yesterday, we're gonna do it again today. Why? Because we're building, because ultimately, it saves us. It keeps us. Living what we believe, taking, uh, taking time to talk about uh, who this God is and handing it down to those we love, it literally means life to us. Look at this last scripture, and we're moving down. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain, vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. That simply means our house must be built by the things of God. His word, his spirit, his life, in our life active. Don't underestimate this hour that we're in. The target is your home. The target is not the government. The target is not our culture. The target is not your workplace. The enemy's target is your home. It is your heart. Don't underestimate the hour. It's bigger than, than politics or culture or the shallow need for acceptance. It's about our salvation, about the saving of our home. The house that God builds, built right and built with love loving what's in and what it stands for, enough to defend and discipline for good in his glory. You've been given a list tonight, I think it's been handed out to every table by now, that we are believing and asking for us as a church to do together as a church family over the next 21 days. And there's, so there should be one for every household here. If you did not get one, please uh, raise your hand and we'll get it to you. We'll have more copies this weekend at church and we're gonna tell you more of what we're planning to do as this month goes on this weekend and next week here again, and we'll be meeting here again 6.15 next Wednesday. Now these are practical things that are on that sheet of paper that we hope will spark a change or a habit in our homes that, that will have an impact in areas of our lives and in our church, and, and we are believing for two things for this. We are believing that two things are going to come from this. The first of all, that a habit will be created uh, that even if only one of these things are acted on, 
it will make a difference in our home, whether it's sitting down three times a week with your family or having a family game night or, 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 or taking time, as I said, to, to pray in the morning or in the evening together and reading the word out loud and, and touch. So we're, we're hoping that it will create a habit because I believe once we continue the practice of things, habits will be created in our life and we'll find ourselves wanting them, not feeling like we have to do them, but we want to do them. And the second thing that we're hoping that this will bring about is that it will create a unified focus and response in our church family that will have an immediate and a lasting effect in our lives, in our church, and in our community. That we, because we're doing this together. Because you know tomorrow morning when you do this or Friday when it comes around, Saturday, Sunday, that you're not doing it alone. There's somebody else in this church that's doing the very thing that you're doing on these lists, that they're creating a habit if it has not already yet been created in their lives. This is for all of us. This is even for, everybody hear me on this. I want this to be, I want this to be embraced right now. This is even, uh, even for those who are singled or widowed or divorced in our church. It's for single homes as well. I'm asking you, homes that possibly have one or two or three or four, however many, asking you to reach out to someone that might be of a single household and invite them out. Invite them over for dinner. Uh, take a time of fellowship with them. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're, you're asking too much. No, I'm not. Uh, it might be the very thing that saves their mind that week and brings them peace. Invite somebody over for dinner. Take them out to eat after church on Sunday. You see somebody that's alone, don't let them sit alone. Go be with them. Call them in the morning. This is easy. Call somebody in the morning and pray with them over the phone or in the evening. That won't take you but a minute. Find out their phone number, ask and say, I'm gonna call you and we're gonna pray together. You don't have to drive over there even. You can just reach out to somebody that doesn't have a family maybe that's sitting with them for dinner and pray with them and encourage them. To those of you who are single in a single home, I'm asking you to reach out to another home, to another family that you may not be connected with or that maybe you are connected with that you could come to know. A young adult maybe in this church, a college student that's on their own here, somebody that, that may be outside this room we have a lot of people that we're connected with that just need somebody. So some of you single homes, reach out to somebody that just needs you to reach to them maybe. A young family, a, a couple of parents that are doing their best to bounce kids on their knees during church. Maybe you ought to walk over and help them. When you see me preaching and the kids in the pews winning. <laughs> some of you mothers of Israel, I don't know about you, but that's the way I was raised. Why? Because this is not just about us. It's about the community of the church. It's about building a house for God, and we love one another. And so call somebody up. Take them out to eat. Be with them, even if you're single. Do that. This is about our household of faith, caring and God's building in us houses of unity. Let it be that we practice these things. Put in place the pieces that become a house that God builds for our good and glory, his glory and our salvation. Would you stand with me? Amen. Thank you for bearing with me all the way to eight o'clock. I wanted to be done by 7.45. I wonder if you would just pray with somebody nearby you right now and we would agree together here tonight that we are going to be a household of faith and we are going to be a building and our lives are gonna be a house that God builds. Come on, right now, ask God to help you to do this together as a church, as a family, as married couples, as parents with children. God, we're praying as a body here tonight. We need you we need you to help us, Lord, to, to be the, the, the church, the people, the household of faith 
God, that will honor you and glorify you in all that we do and all that we are and, and that our homes would be godly and our minds would be godly and we would be bold and strong and not fearful, that we would stand in an adverse elements of the world and, and be counted and, and believe, God, that you are hearing us and that you are with us and we are not alone and we can build and we can do this and we can be strong and we can be victorious and we can be a house that glorifies you. <coughs> a home of, of shelter and security and salvation, God. I pray for every one of us. I pray for every home. I pray for every family, every individual. Lord, I pray baptize us with your spirit and help us, God, help us, God, to determine tonight that we will practice these things and do these things, Lord, for your glory, for your honor, for our salvation. We love you, Jesus. Would you magnify him with me? I love you, Lord. To God be the glory. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I love you all. Amen. Thank you for being here tonight. And I'm looking forward to what the Lord is going to do Sunday and the next Wednesday right back here at 615. Going to be a wonderful meal again. Amen. God bless you. Invite somebody with you. In Jesus' name. I'll see you Sunday. Amen.